This talk is offered by Ordinary Mind Zendo. Ordinary Mind was founded by Barry Magid, Dharma heir of Charlotte Joko Beck, and is dedicated to her vision of a psychologically minded Zen practice adapted to the needs of American students practicing in the context of their everyday lives. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. The second line of our for practice principles it says waking to a dream within a dream and I was recently informed that independent of the early Buddhist sources for the phrase dream within a dream. Edgar Allan Poe uh, wrote a poem of that title. So I'd like to read that this morning and then maybe say something about the different ways in which uh, the phrase is used. A Dream Within a Dream by Edgar Allan Poe. Take this kiss upon the brow, and in parting from you now, thus much let me avow, you are not wrong who deem that my days have been a dream, yet if hope has flown away in a night or in a day, in a vision or in none, is it therefore the less gone, all that we see or seem? is but a dream within a dream. I stand amid the roar of a surf-tormented shore, and I hold within my hand grains of the golden sand, how few, and yet how they creep through my fingers to the deep, while I weep, while I weep. O God, can I not grasp them with a tighter clasp? O God, can I not save one from the pitiless wave? Is all that we see or seem but a dream within a dream? We might start by saying that certainly shares with Buddhism an emphasis on impermanence. We have the image here of nothing graspable, of sand slipping inexorably through his fingers, of time being unstoppable, taking its toll. first stanza what we're focused on is is loss the loss of love the loss of hope the loss 
perhaps of a romantic fantasy. But he says if if we lose something that's simply a figment of our imagination, like meaning or hope or love that only exists in our mind, is that loss still not real, as real as losing your keys, right? losing an object, even though it has no physical substance. For us, the loss is just a re- just as real, even though in some sense we can say it is dreamlike. His dream within a dream is a picture of the insubstantiability of something like love or hope within the dream of the impermanence of life itself. But the mood here is entirely one of loss and regret. Uh, and that, I think, is where his use of the phrase diverges uh, from what we see in the, the Zen use of it, or at least is only one aspect of it. Uh, certainly, as I say, impermanence is at the core of both. But we could say this is a representation of impermanence without realization. Uh, what, what is that? What difference does that make? We say waking to a dream within a dream. Waking up implies a kind of coming to our senses, seeing things clearly. And in a certain sense, it implies a kind of release from an illusion. Uh, We're out of the grip of something. I've often said that uh, a realization is like the relief we experience from taking off tight shoes. Um, The first line of the practice principle says, caught in a self-centered dream, only suffering. So waking implies a relief from the suffering of that self-centered dream, of being caught by self-centeredness. And our self-centeredness is a painful dream that we can potentially awaken from. In our 
version of a dream within a dream. The first dream is the self-centered dream. It's the, it's the dream of a substantial self. It's the dream of a self that must be protected, maintained, can be hurt or insulted. Our self-centeredness gives rise to a whole way of being in a kind of adversarial relationship to life which is always impinging or challenging our longing for control, right? Our longing to be at the center of things and our longing to have control over them, have them not change. As long as we have that kind of self-centered dream about how life is supposed to go, Life is always our enemy, always frustrating us. So waking up from that involves a kind of relief at a, from a, an impossible struggle. Someone wants to find anxiety as the feeling of trying to control the uncontrollable. And that's the pain of a self-centered dream. Uh, The pain of a self endlessly struggling for a kind of uh, control in the midst of life that's not possible. Uh, So there's a waking up, a letting go from that wish that seems to want to provide us with security, but in fact endlessly provides the opposite. When we say waking from a dream within a dream, the second dream is the insubstantiability of life itself. A dream is something that has no solid substance, that's ephemeral, uh, that disappears when we wake up. And ordinarily we contrast the emptiness the fleetingness of the dream with the solidity and permanence of reality. But our waking up eliminates that dichotomy. It says all the things that we usually attribute to dreams are in fact attributes of our waking world. The world of solid objects is in fact as fleeting and impermanent as the world of our dreams. Yet this gives rise to poignancy and awe, wonder. The Japanese sort of enshrine that in the Viewing of the cherry blossoms, something that come each year just for a few days, you know. It's a beautiful manifestation that we know, even as we enjoy it, is about to go away. 
this becomes a model for our life itself, even as we enjoy it moment after moment. We know it's going away. And yet the beauty of the cherry blossoms is not separate from their fleetingness. And we don't become obsessed with saying we've got to breed cherry blossoms that'll last all year, right? <laughs> There's something really wrong with that tree. The flowers fall too fast, right? We're able to accept that part of their beauty is in their transience. And this is an attitude that perhaps gradually develops in our practice about the entirety of our life. So the poem, I think, is an interesting picture of what happens with how we suffer from impermanence. If we don't wake up to it as well. 